Hello, and welcome to the third episode of Monsters, Cryptids, Creatures, and More. Now, this episode had already been done, but I just found out that the episode was only about a minute and a half. The last minute and a half. So, here's the redo of the audio. This episode is all about creatures from the land down under, since, and I'm pretty sure it is, is still going on, Australia was on fire, and I'm sure still is. At the time of recording that audio, around 20 people had lost their lives. I think the number has risen to tw at least 22. And an estimated half a billion animals had died at that recording. 14 million acres, and still counting, have been damaged, destroying both animal and human habitats. To try to, try to bring some more attention to this, I decided to dedicate this episode to them by talking about some of their monsters. The creatures in today's episode will be the Bunyip, a creature that dwells in the Billabogs, Australia's version of a swamp, the Drop Bear, a more than likely fictional beast that prey on those who venture into the bush, and the Gippsland Phantom Cat, that some claim to be a demon that prowls the Victoria countryside. The Bunyip is said to live in the Billabongs and rivers of Australia. Most stories of the creature originate from the Aboriginal peoples from what is now Victoria, New South Wales, and South Australia. As you might have guessed, this is a rather large portion of the country. As such, there are several descriptions of, descriptions, excuse me, of it that vary from area to area. One po popular description is that of a giant starfish, or a snake with a beard, or that it has a dog-like face, crocodile-like head, dark, dark fur, excuse me, a horse-like tail, flippers, walrus-like tusks, and a duckbill face, and duckbill on its face, excuse me. The older tales state it having several eyes, sharp claws, being incredibly fast, and having a deep boom that it uses for communication. It swims like a frog, but walks on its four legs and its head erect, despite having sharp claws, it hugs its victims to death. The aboriginal tale says that the Bunyip was a man who broke the greatest law laid out by the rainbow serpent. See information of Australian creation myths for knowledge of him. The law he broke was eating his totem animal. As such, he was punished by being turned into an evil spirit to lure men and their animals into the water and eat them. But some tribes have differing opinions, some saying it's an evil spirit entirely, some say it is a punisher of evil. Many theorize it may have been an ancient extinct marsupial, a seal that traveled so far inland the inhabitants wouldn't have recognized it, or a type of bird. To my surprise, this creature has shown up in a lot of media outside Australia, even a TV show I enjoyed watching. It has shown up in the video game series Ty the Tasmanian Tiger, one of my favorite cartoons growing up, The Secret Saturdays, in a fantasy novel by Naomi Novik, the t Tongues of Serpents, in the novel Afterworlds, a character in, is an author of a fictional book named Bunyip, the fantasy novel Queen of Dark Things by Robert, or excuse me, by C. Robert Cargill, and the Bunyip is among the Titans, monitored by Monarch in the film Godzilla, King of Monsters, another mention in media I saw, but was unaware of. The Drop Bear is arguably one of the most dangerous creatures that roam the Australian bushland, hiding in the tall trees, covered by foliage. These creatures will wait for their prey to close in and plummet onto them, going straight for the neck to eat them alive. The description of the creature is the exact same as a koala, but bigger, 
more active, more aggressive, and it has huge fangs. They, like Superman, have their weaknesses, and things they avoid when looking for prey. Any local will tell you to put Vegemite on the back of your ears, your armpits too. But if you don't have any, toothpaste is a fine alternative. For even better protection, put forks in your hair, since it will stab them if they land on you. And you absolutely must speak in an Australian accent. One bit of English from another country, and you're as good as dead. One tale of the lo of locals warning some travelers from here in the States warned them of never camping near a tree. Some of uh, <clears throat> the others in the group commenting, feckin' drop bears. The next morning, they said they saw a right frightening one while washing up. A truly terrifying tale. Or rather, it would be, if not for it being a modern myth. Nothing but a story made to frighten and entertain tourists who know nothing of the country. But the creature, despite being 100% fake, has both roots in reality and some strange but entertaining scientific facts. If you go to the Australian website .net.au website, excuse me, I said website twice, you'll learn a lot about the species. They are formally known as Thylarctus plumatus, being about the size of a leopard or a large dog, and that the species is roughly 1.8 million years old. But due to some surprising finds by paleontologists, the myth may have a bit more to it. They found a species they named Thylacolio carnifex, or the marsupial lion. Although not related at all to the African beast, with a skull very similar to a wombat or koala, but with very large rodent-like front teeth and large premolar that is described as an enormous bolt-cutting-like device. They also found scratches from this creature in caves that had steep inclines that most animals would not be able to climb. As such, it could very, very easily scale, scale a tree. Due to its robust build and flesh-tearing teeth, points to this creature being a stocky yet formidable predator of megafaunal, large animals, herbivores, meaning things like the giant short-faced kangaroos and humans. This creature went extinct roughly 46,000 years ago, which is in the rough estimate of when humans arrived on the continent, varying from as early, or excuse me, as late as 40,000 years ago to as early as 65,000 years ago. Chalking this one up to another creature that lived with humans, but ultimately lost out. Now, you're probably wondering why I'm talking about that a creature that is a 100% urban myth. Well, that is because I wanted to bring up another point of the Australian fires. Recently, the Australian Minister of Environment said that up to an estimated 30% of koalas in New South Wales had perished due to the horrible outbreak of bushfires. This is roughly 8,500 koalas, and this is the only number... Excuse me, and this is only the numbers of one species. Many more endangered or threatened animals are losing their habitat and their lives. The last creature for this list is the Gippsland Phantom Cat. It is described as a big cat wandering the countryside. Now you might be wondering, what's so weird about a big cat? We have cougars and bobcats in the U.S., panthers and pumas in South America, leopards, lions, tigers, and other countless species of big cats across the world. So why is this one special? Well, that's due to the fact that Australia has no native big cats, or mammals at all, really, for that matter, only dolphins and whales. The only other living mammal-like creature is the dingo, or is it? A hint for a future episode. 
So when in 2016 a man reported sightings and a video of a large puma-like cat in Victoria, it in turn had dozens of more email reports to local newspapers about their own sightings. Now, this isn't new. Stories of farmers, police, or just the random person seeing a big cat have been going on for decades, but was kept quieted due to the government not wanting shooters to go rampant. Several reports of seeing about a one-meter-sized cat with either darkish brown, or excuse me, red-brown fur, or jet-black fur, either an adult or adult and even cubs. But the stance by the local government released in 2012 is that it is highly unlikely. Now, rather than this creature being made up or just some old myth, it has some actual credibility as one hunter shot and killed one, leaving the body, but bringing back the tail, a whopping 26-inch long tail, which is on par with most big cats. Now, the DNA testing of the tail came back that, on the mother's side at least, it was a large feral cat. Due to this and other evidence, many believe that this creature is either a feral cat species that grew very large, or illegal imported big cats that got free and reproduced in the wild or possibly some mixture of both. The animal most likely got its name due to its elusive nature and having only sightings rather than bodies being found. This creature hasn't made any appearance in media that I can find, other than cryptids TV shows, so unfortunately, no daily life of the Phantom Cat sitcom for us. Yet. Again, ending this off, I really want to reiterate the damages done to this beautiful country. I had the pleasure of seeing this country firsthand in 2013, so I can tell you personally just how amazing the country is. The rolling bushland covered in wildlife, kangaroos everywhere, almost literally. Their numbers and activity there is equal, uh, excuse me, equivalent to about deer here in the U.S. I was also able to visit the Billabong Sanctuary, an amazing place that allows you to see the local species up close in a safe environment. They had a common, friendly wombat and koala who were more than nice enough to pose with tourists. So hearing the shocking news of the amounts of animals and habitat lost during these fires is heartbreaking. As such, I want to tell you about one of the places you, random citizen of the world, can send help. The Australian government website, I have it listed down below, um, allows you to make donations directly to the people affected by the fires. Evacuees, firefighters, wildlife rescuers, and many more. And if you're one of those people who need a bit more incentive, if you donate more than $2 to them, through them, excuse me, they will send a tax write-off form to you so your good deeds can also benefit you. So, I hope you have a great day, and I hope everyone, everywhere, stays safe.